Deva here, the rebellious recruiter. This is my interview with Joan San Nicholas, the managing director for the child development side of Gentog. Gentog stands for Generations Together, which is an intergenerational daycare here in Oregon. Now, when you listen to this episode, Joan is so natural in her delivery about what she's doing, you will almost miss it. Keep your ear up for the little things that she does to make her environment special and to make people feel important and do a really good job. So sit back, relax, and listen in. Why don't you just go ahead and tell me who you are and what you do and what the business is that you support? Well, I'm Joan. I'm Joan St. Nicholas. And the kids here at Gentalk calls me call me Miss Joni for the most part. I'm the child care director at Gentalk. And um, well, I'm actually originally from the Philippines. And I moved, I was raised in this beautiful island called Saipan, Northern Marana's Islands, which is fun fact, not a lot of people know, but it's actually part of the US. Mm-hmm. So if you were born there, you're like a US citizen. Mm-hmm. So anyways, beyond that, um, I came here for school for early childhood education uh, in 2008. Yeah, so yeah, and I graduated at PSU and so all that fun stuff. So yeah, and I started working at lots of little stuff. And then I just found that I really enjoyed working with kids. And that's kind of where my path led me. Also, fun fact, I was originally in school for law. (laughs) (laughs) I was in school for law. Yeah, so my daughter... (laughs) We knew who you were. Um, I moved to this area in 2006 and my daughter was born in 2010 and she started at Gentog in 2011. And the reason we took her to Gentog is we had a neighbor that had two girls a little ahead of her. So we just let them do all the research and then we capitalized on whatever they did, right? So they had done all the research on Gentog. And so when Ileana turned 10 months old, we brought her to Gentog one day a week. And then by the time she was like three and a half or four years old, she was there full time. So yeah, she was there for quite a while. I came there, I think she was two. Okay. And a half. So I, I originally was a toddler, the threes teacher. Yeah. And so she, we kind of like, I met her when she was about to turn three or she was three right. and she was in my class for a little bit. And it was a blast being with her because she's so unique, you know what I mean? Like it's just uh, always forever. Like I remember that little girl, just how she is. I have tons of pictures of her just because oh, she's just so amazing and I miss her so much. Yeah, I know. And she just, it's so cute because all through school, she, um, you know, I talked to her second grade teacher, but then I'd walk by her first grade teacher and her first grade teacher says she comes in here every day and gives me a hug before she goes into second grade. And then when she went to a different school in fourth grade, the third grade teacher came up to me and said she comes into my classroom every day and gives me a hug before she goes into the fourth grade classroom, right? So she just, she just has a big, big heart. But uh, one of the things that I want to talk about is the concept for Gentog. So why don't you talk a little bit about what Gentog is besides being a daycare for little kids? Yeah, yeah. So Gentog, uh, Gentog, uh, 
uh, refers to Gen Talk as in generations together. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know that coming in and I, I was just kind of like younger. I was just, I just got out of college. I'm, I'm just kind of looking for a job that involves kids. And I was like, what does Gen Talk stand for? And Mert, I don't know if you remember her, Mario Brickett. She was the co-owner of Gen Talk as well. She ran the childcare side. And she explained to me that Gentog stands for generations together. And I'm like, that's brilliant. <laughs> and just, I love the whole concept of everything that, about what we do. And yeah, so like I mentioned, Mario Brickett was the original co-owner. Mm-hmm. And Marcy Jones, what, she handled the senior side. And they used to be best friends, or there are still best friends. And they used to work at a bank together. And it's one of those one day they decided like, hey, let's let's create something where we can have children. I love working with kids and I love working with seniors and we created something, they created something together. And yeah. so that's how Gentle Kenna came about is just to best friends with an idea to ha- bring generations together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I came in, I think they're, they've been fairly new about eight years in. Mm-hmm. And so Mert loved what I did and I became a lead teacher right away and then within a year I was assistant director mm-hmm. and she slowly progressed me to training me to be the director so here I am now. On the senior side what's like the average senior or grandparent we call them grandparents right yeah, so what's the average grandparent that comes and spends the day with you guys what reasons are they there? I know some of them are like memory care, but I think there's some other reasons that you might have a grandparent hanging out with you during the day. Honestly, I think it's the same idea with daycare. It's like, uh, they just need a day where they need care. Okay. You know, they need the social aspect of it. They need somebody to kind of care for them just to be around because mm-hmm. I think we've reached a life and they reached the li- a point in their life where they just oh. need social or their their sons or daughters are at work and they really don't want to leave mom and dad at home so they would rather have them hanging out with kids and hanging out with senior citizens that they can and other people that they can hang out with so they're not just at home doing nothing and you know so it really is just a care for our seniors oh yeah (laughs) it's it's really amazing i know uh because of gen hog we were at church one day And there was a couple in the back and they were both in wheelchairs and the man had suffered obviously a very bad stroke at some point. And his wife was on oxygen and had an amputated leg. And she's like, I'm going to go say hi to the grandparents. And she just like marched over. And I just thought it was the care of Jen Tog that absolutely just made her fearless in talking to people that a lot of times little kids are scared of talking to or spending time with. 100%. Yes, that has always been kind of like my thing where I'm like, we want to make it that it's normal to see parents in all skin, all types of colors. And whether you're in a wheelchair or, you know, those push chairs or whatever, it just, it is normal. It's not scary. And it's, so they can still feel welcome and still be part of society. Because the biggest problem is we kind of push our little ones and we push our younger, older ones. But our goal is to kind of bring them to make it normal and be and still be like part of society because they're so important. Yeah. And society has kind of pushed them to the side as just like useless. I don't want to use that word, but that's kind of like what's happening. And so we want to create a space where we're like, you matter. Right. Right. You matter to us and we care about you. Yeah. And that's absolutely what I saw, you know, and I remember going in for some of the family events and, 
getting to talk, there was a, there was a grandparent who has since passed. It broke my heart. Um, but he was, uh, he right off the bat, you know, he's looking at me holding my daughter and he's, you know, I'm one of 14 kids. And I'm like, God bless your mom, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And, um, it was just, it was just really a cool experience. So you took over being a director, you said about five years ago. Yeah, about three or four. Three about or four three or four years ago. ago. Okay. And so at what point did you start doing the interviews and making decisions on who you were hiring and adding to the team within Gentog? It just depends on like what is in demand. Like for the most part, we've we've been really blessed to have teachers that last a long time with us. Okay. So we haven't really had a big turnover. Mm-hmm. So the four years I've been here, I've probably hired four maybe. That's really awesome. So what do you think has been the secret to keeping people on staff for such a long period of time? I think it's just more of respecting each other. I've, I think it's because I've worked as um, the teacher and I've always had a director who's Mm -hmm. just not the greatest with me. And just, I've watched and I've been so observant of how staff have been treated. I just, I kind of made it a point where I don't want to be that. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm very open to listening to what they, what my staff wants and trying to find a medium within what's needed for our center and what, what my, my teachers really need to enhance their program. And so I give them a lot of support. And so there's, I think a biggest thing is just communication, making my teachers know that they are valued mm-hmm. besides that they're my staff. They're actually my friends too. We've created a family. And so when you're in a family, you just kind of like stuck together. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. What do you think has been one of the most surprising things that they've asked for that you've had to kind of bring to the table as being in charge of employment? Gosh, it, it's always just days off or like just, it's hard because when you're friends with them, you can't really do a lot of stuff outside. And it's like, well, I can't really do that. I'm your boss, you know? <laughs> <laughs> So then how do you handle the days off? Do you have like a temporary pool of teachers that kind of float in and out from other services or? Oh, no, we don't. We kind of just use what we have. And we have a general rule that if someone is off, you're not allowed to request a day off. Mm -hmm. So what we do is we have kind of like an open book, like an open calendar book. And so the staff are able to witness, I mean, view who has requested such days off. Mm -hmm. And be fair, if you see that it's already requested off, Mm-hmm. then rest those days off and they know that they'll be denied but um it's pretty open so mm-hmm. if they see that there's a week that's available they are free to request it but we just have to be fair that we just know the general rule that if someone's already off just mm-hmm. try to aim for a different day unless it's right. an emergency you know what i mean yeah we can make- which brings up the big thing with covid we yeah. just went through you know like almost a year and a half of oh my gosh, weirdness crazy. How did that handle you as an essential worker with like 72 hour protocols and only four people on staff and everybody's friends? It is crazy. It is crazy. Um, This year has been a little nuts. Well, first off, we tried doing something when it first hit in March, Mm kind of all worked from home, which is odd for teachers. I know for just so we were creating Zoom activities online and Zoom activities for our seniors. We were sending we were sending mails and little packages and we were driving around still visiting people. And it was just tough because although we tried, the interaction was not the same. Yeah. 
So it, it was really hard, but that lasted for a month and we eventually opened up as an emergency child care. Okay. So we were, we were just, we were only closed for a month before we opened again. And so we were, there was lots of rules. It was a different ball game for all of us. And it was definitely a lot of learning, learning curves for me as well. So as an emergency child care setup, how did that work for, um, like, did you, were you taking in kids you've never taken care of before? No, the, the emergency part of it is we were just taking uh, families that were essentials. But then that's that's such a huge umbrella of what's essential is. So right. that's kind of like a loophole where we can be like, well, you work here and you work here and you're you're needed. So yes, we yeah, you know, so at the end of it all, we still could take all of our families back. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Then how did that work for the seniors and the grandparents that came to your service during that so time? Part about that is what the state was a lot more stricter with our senior care. And so they weren't able to come back for the whole time. Oh my God. Yeah. And so they, uh, the beginning of July is when we started, we're allowed to start bringing them. So right now we have about 14 enrolled with us, 14 and 15 enrolled, which is phenomenal because it right. has been a hard year without them mm-hmm. and a lot of time we just did zoom and it's like I said it's not the same it's not the same trying to interact with somebody who's 85 with dementia right. online so it was definitely hard and we would try to interact with some videos with the kids and them and it's just at the end of it all it's, it was just really hard but we tried <laughs> you know it's interesting you say that about dementia um my sister her grandfather-in-law he got very sick during the time of covid and towards the front of covid when you know there were still like moving targets and a lot more caution um until we started dialing in and had the vaccines and everything else and he got very sick and got admitted to the hospital and you have this gentleman who's in his 90s and um his family's not allowed to go in the hospital with him. Yeah. So, and then they take him and everybody, until they know that he doesn't have COVID, he's in a special ward and everybody's basically in spacesuits. So he gets on the phone and he calls my sister's mother-in-law and he's like, the aliens are here. (laughs) (laughs) And he just, he was having these conversations about, but if you can come up here, you can sneak me out, but they got tentacles. And I don't know if that was like IV bags or whatever that he was seeing. And the nurses said it was very common that the older people, especially with the dementia, they literally thought they had been abducted and they were on a UFO. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We deal with so many different types of like, you know, life because Mm-hmm. They, our, our, our senior citizens have lived mm-hmm. and so they have experienced everything we have seniors senior citizens that our grandparents have PTSD and so just yesterday Marcy was talking to me about one of the grandparents that had an episode where he thought he was still at war oh. and so grabbing some stuff trying to scream and like back away and, and it was just so we're, we have moments but we're trained to deal with that and so we just know how to deal with them on a daily basis so how do you have the kids interact with the grandparents? I know that they would come together a couple hours of a day, like maybe a half hour in the morning. And then when the kids were on the playground, the parents were out at the, the picnic tables, basically with the umbrellas. Yes. Is that still yeah. largely the same way? Um, pre-COVID, yes. Okay. 
during uh, uh since like i said i just mentioned that there are grandparents are starting to come back in july it's still mm -hmm. a lot of restriction created um so we still have like entertainers that come in and played for us we have ken and we have mitchell and we have you know a couple pastors that come and perform for the for everybody so we've kept our kids on one side mm -hmm. and our seniors on one side so mm -hmm. they're still in the same room but they're still apart okay so we're holding August, we can still we can start bringing back arts and crafts and volleyball and more hands-on stuff where we can read together. Because right. really, that's the magic happens is when they're actually together. Oh, so uh, when you said the entertainers, what entertainers like? What kind of entertainment do they do? So we have a guy named well, we, we named him Joe the accordion because he has an accordion. So he comes in and plays a different songs for our senior citizens, our grandparents, mm -hmm. and some for kids so we'll start off with like abcs and twinkle twinkle little stars and then or joe plays stuff more classic stuff that he mm -hmm. knows you know so we have a bunch of different people that just kind of come and like bring us together mm -hmm. we have this guy named mitch who brings in like he's so talented he brings so so much types of instruments that i don't i can't even tell you because they're yeah. like looking and i'm just like what is that and just I saw him here last week for the first time after this pandemic. And I, I swore his face looked like magic just because he looked like a normal, it made us look more normal. Right. Again. And it, yeah. it feels normal. Yeah. I just, I remember it was just, I mean, it's always a, such a special time. And um, even Marcy, she had found out in an exchange I had with her that I had to travel on her first Christmas there. She was not, she's about a year and a half old. And they were going to have their little musical performance and her room, the lambs, you know, they, they were playing the bells. Right. And, um, my husband at the time takes the, the camcorder and apparently he accidentally thought he started the recording, but he stopped it. So literally I had 15 minutes of the side of him and then the <gasps> camera would pick up and it would turn off. And then it would turn back on and you put it down. <laughs> the side. And of course, like I'm in tears, right? It's like my first time I get to see my daughter perform and she is, um, there's no video. And Marcy finds this out three years later and posts the video for me. She had the video. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, she's really great about that. Like, yeah. <laughs> It was so sweet. You just, you know, I felt like I was taken care of. Uh, one of the things that I really liked about what you guys did is she was given all the time in the world to work on her projects while she was there. She mm -hmm. wasn't like, you guys don't have like a regimented schedule. Um, are you aligned with like a Montessori type teaching or what is, is there a philosophy that you guys use for your children, your care during the day? Um, honestly, I've, we don't have a set rule with because personally me as a director I've worked with so many types of learning and I just feel like each kid is different mm -hmm. and so because their center is so small we can actually focus on your child and what works for your child because we can kind of create a create a new way of learning where we can work with what works with your child she needed more of kind of space to herself just to work and be there mm -hmm. and we have kids that are not that we have kids that just want to get it done and quick and so we don't put all the kids in one bubble we want to get to know your child and see what's best that works for them mm -hmm. and so 
style. We got to learn her style of learning and another child's style of learning. And that's, I think that's where a lot of our success comes because we actually get to know your child. Mm -hmm. So we, she was always so colorful, but, and she was so detailed oriented about whatever it is she's doing. And so we gave her the free will to do that. Right. Learn that. Yeah. Some kids are more academically like, towards and then we have kids that are just more artsy and more free and some are just they just want to do dominoes and all that fun stuff <laughs> uh, you know what I mean so it's hard to put all the kids in one category and I just truly feel like kids are growing humans and they all grow up in their own way in their own pace and to put them in a box or category is just I don't know it's just not fair so when you're hiring these people then to take care of these children with their own little individual personalities, um, how different are the teachers that you have on staff right now as yeah. far as working with the kids? Like I tell Marcy all the time, like when we deal with our staff, at the end of the day, people are people and we all have different waves of ourselves, mm -hmm. just kids but we try to communicate that's where our biggest thing is try to communicate and try to see the same goal if we all have the same goal and what we want for our children it tends to work out mm -hmm. and so it's beyond what you feel and what you feel all in us this child needs this right point blank like that's you can have your your philosophy and whatnot and your opinions on this and you can be grandma at home or whatever but this is our goal with this child right and this is how we get there so with the different teachers every teacher comes in with a different philosophy of what they learn and their experience and stuff. And they come here and eventually we've kind of like mended into, to a target. And that's usually how it works for me. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty stubborn sometimes too. And so <laughs> I was like, well, I don't agree with that. <laughs> right. Right. I, I totally get that. I, I get that really hardcore. I feel that because it's, it's hard, like even in, in like, you know, corporate business, you know, you have the end goal. And at the end of the day, if you can get to the end goal with the helicopter, get there with a the helicopter. If you get there by hiking, get there by hiking, right? If you can get there with the pogo stick, get there with the pogo stick. Yeah, exactly. And um, then of course, I've, I've also seen managers, as somebody mapped out once, this is what they wanted their end goal to be, or this was what the end goal had to be. And they mapped out like different touchstones along the way. And when yeah. they got to touchstone number four, they realized they didn't need five, six, seven. They were at the end goal. And I actually saw a manager downgrade somebody's bonus for that. I know, right? And I'm like, well, but you're talking about with the kids. Like, you know, if this is, if this is the path we're on, they're going to get there eventually. But, you know, Domino's is going to get their different thing crayons, right? Thanks for listening to The Rebellious Recruiter. Be sure to subscribe wherever you are listening to this and comment, rate, and review. And share this podcast with other leaders that are looking to build out-of-this-world teams and maybe have a penchant for defying best practices. Go ahead and check me out at millsgroupllc.com and drop me a line there with your thoughts or questions. I might use your subject matter in upcoming shows. And thank you for listening. I know you only have so many hours in the week and I'm grateful to spend this time with you. Until then, make it a great day. I'll see you on the flip side. This podcast is produced by TH3 Entertainment.